Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acree. And our guest today actually works in an industry super near and dear to our heart, which yes. is the print and well, not the print industry, but the mailing industry, direct yes. mail industry. Uh, his name is Dave Fink. He is the founder of Posty.com. And so we're going to get a lot into how he is merging data and tech with yeah, the future of print. print. Yeah. I literally asked him the question, is print dead? And he gives us a great answer, but you got to listen to the episode here. Absolutely. Have to stick around for that. But before we bring Dave on, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already subscribed. And while you're there, make sure to drop a review to let us know how we're doing. We'll read it right here on the show. And now let's get into this week's interview. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Our guest today is Dave Fink. Over a 20-year career, Dave has generated hundreds of millions of dollars in ad revenue, powered viral sensations like Dollar Shave Club, and has helped launch celebrity startups for Jessica Simpson, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, and Kate Bosworth. Now, as founder and CEO of Posty, he's out to reinvent direct mail marketing for a digital world. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Dave, man, it's awesome to have you. Getting to know you a little bit in the green room has been fantastic. So we have a lot in common. Want to dive right in, though, because we don't get to interview people who tend to launch uh, startups for celebrities. So that in and of itself is is super unique, right? So working with the Jessica Simpsons, the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsons, all those. But talk to us a little bit about that. Like, what were you doing for them? You're driving ad revenue, that type of idea. But what was that like working with them? How did you launch those startups? Yeah, um, that was a super, super interesting and, and really fun dynamic um, time in, in my career, and and really kind of I think parallels a lot of of what I've had the the fun of doing over the past twenty years or so, which is really building platforms that launch companies. Mm. And so, you know, what, what you're referring to is is a is a company called called Beachment um, that um, a number of years ago was was really built as a launch platform for consumer brands at a time when social media was just becoming social media and, and, and platforms, you know, media platforms that allowed brands to really engage directly through storytelling with their audiences um, in kind of in a, in a, in a owned way, um, you know, really was, was, was just kind of coming to the forefront of, of how, how brands were built. And so, um, you know, the, the kind of hypothesis and premise behind the, the nature of that business was, you know, celebrities are, um, are more than actors and actresses and, and singers and songwriters. They, they are storytellers and they have big audiences and giving them an ability to engage and launch um, product-based businesses to their, to their um, kind of fan bases and audience bases in a age of social media um, seemed like um, a, an opportunity and, and certainly proved to be the case. Now, Dollar Shave Club, that was like a unicorn you know, in terms of businesses, like, I mean, I, I hear a lot of people from a business standpoint talk about it. Were you involved with the famous like ad campaign with the video marketing, right? Were, were they the first ones that did the kind of parody type Not the videos? First, certainly one of the first I mean, one to take off people like that. that I, yeah. I just remember right seeing place, that video right time, right all video. the time. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Dubin, who who was the the founder and and, and really marketing genius behind that brand, um, certainly 
you know, helped create that category. And, and, uh, I mean, Mike did a, uh, I think a, a circuit of speaking at marketing, you know, um, uh, um, uh, divisions of, of, uh, of schools at, at, you know, MBA programs and, and, you know, universities and kind of taught what it takes to, to launch a, a viral video, but it, it really, everybody, you know, it, it was really kind of an interesting experience because at that time, certainly, you know, the amazing, you know, uh, you know, launch video sent that company in the stratosphere and it really right. was o- overnight. I mean, I, re- I remember sitting in the, the science offices, that was the, the, um, tech studio that the dollar shave club, um, uh, kind of launched out of that, that I was, uh, one of the, the partners at, and, um, and, and it, it is the, the absolute, you know, storybook fantasy of, um, lots and lots of preparation and creativity going into the launch, launch something that we, you know, thought was going to be, you know, interesting and, and have a life and, and literally overnight shut down, you know, servers crashed. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we had label printers in, in our offices and we were handling fulfillment. Um, that is so amazing. It, it was it was incredible, and uh, and again that that was kind of the the um, natural evolution of, of of kind of some of the things that we did at Beachmint and launching celebrity brands. You know, Mike became a celebrity through his own his own brand and business. Um, he just had a voice and a creative way of 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 um, you know of storytelling um, that that was able to leverage you know the kind of rise of of social and and that was you know right when Facebook was becoming the Facebook we know today and right when YouTube was becoming the YouTube we know today. Um, he couldn't have timed it better, but it, it was also just you know brilliant storytelling and execution. So talk about your new company, Posty, because I know in the information that your team sent over to us, it says here that you think the best kept secret in marketing is hiding where you least expect it, which is your mailbox. We love direct marketing. Anyone who's listening to us, obviously we do direct marketing as well. So talk about that business and how you're combining the digital space with the direct mail space, what you're doing to really change how direct mail is used. Yeah. So, you know, we just spent the, you know, um, last few minutes talking about the, the power of social platforms and, and the rise of Facebook and certainly Google and YouTube, et cetera. And, and those, you know, those are, you know, behemoths of platforms that, that many companies have grown to be several hundred million dollar year businesses. And many of the biggest businesses in the world have kind of readjusted the way that they think about, um, you know, engaging with consumers and, and prospects and, and media allocation. But those are, those are, you know, walled gardens, right? Facebook owns Facebook's ad platform. And if you want to engage with um, your audience on Facebook, you know, you are at the whim of, of, of the, the tools, capabilities, algorithms, that Facebook, um, you know, um, gives you and those change dramatically. Same thing with Google, but the principles of, of being able to, um, engage directly with consumers, um, leverage, you know, data and targeting, um, testing and optimizing, um, the way that your story and messaging is landing and, and being able to, um, you know, evolve it, you know, with those insights and learnings, the, those are, you know, that's been the, the, you know, some kind of the evolution of, of digital media really driven by targeting and, and measurement. And, and there are amazing channels that are not walled gardens that give you more control over, um, over your messaging, they're brand safe and, um, and, you know, algorithms don't change on you. And, and direct mail is one of those platforms where no one owns someone's address or mailbox. Um, when you figure out a method, um, to engage effectively 
specifically for for your you know to drive you know a marketing goal or KPI um, through the channel, um, you can scale that and feel very much in control. Um, you know, you're not worried about all of a sudden you know the U.S. Postal Service saying, "Hey, we're changing everybody's address now," and good luck <laughs> figuring out who those people are. They're, and, they're yeah. just saying right now that they're going to slow delivery. That's yeah. just what they're saying. <laughs> you still know where they are. Certainly, talk about that. It, it, it's you know, there's always you know, change evolution, and, and it's a complex logistic beast. You know, it is, man. Every, yeah, we track every piece of mail being delivered, and um, and from you know, for, for marking mail and and kind of. Um, both standard and first class delivery mechanisms that that our you know clients are are, are leveraging, um, very very little effect, and there's actually some positive stuff coming out of it. Certainly something that, that are you, know, you able to track your delivery to the mailbox or to the distribution facility? Because we're playing around with the idea of getting it to the distribution facility, but our a lot of our mail is media mail. Um, do you track yeah. it all the way to the mailbox with first class or? No, so so the U.S. Postal Service provides scans um, similar to how you're tracking, you know, UPS or FedEx packages. Um, but unlike UPS and FedEx, which is dealing with lower volume and does delivery scans at address at the, the actual mailbox, yep. U.S. Postal Service. Postal Service scans the, the step right before. So essentially when it leaves the local distribution center um, and, and kind of their commitment is that we'll be delivered um, within 24 hours, that's the last scan that, that we get. So we do know, um, you know, when a, a, a piece of mail is, is out for delivery, but, um, um, but, um, but, but again, there's just no mechanism yet to, to scan. Yeah, at, that's, what, um, that's what we've seen too. So Posty in your company there, what's the unique value you proposition because you said it like it, the direct mail is age old, right? It's it's a tried and true method. We firmly believe in it. But what's you guys' unique value proposition that you you believe you're bringing to the marketplace? Yeah, so so we like to think about ourselves as the technology layer that allows advertisers to engage with the direct mail channel uh, in the same way that they do with their digital channels. Nice, and so we. And so we think about packaging together software and user interface and technology to accomplish three core um, kind of areas of emphasis. One is on targeting. So it's leveraging all of your um, consumer data to be able to make great decisions on who and when to engage with what message, the same way that you can dynamically on social platforms or search or, or programmatic display. Um, and we place a huge investment on, on kind of that, that data layer, the tools and capabilities, the machine learning stack, you know, using modern algorithmic mathematical um, techniques to, to help yeah, advertisers um, spend their budget wisely and, and get value out of the channel. Um, the second piece is all the operations and logistics. You know, something that, that not everybody um, engaging in direct mail thinks about is, but unlike digital media, every single time you deploy a campaign, you're actually manufacturing, in some cases, millions of items, right? Yep. And then you're activating a complex network of, of logistics to get, you know, that those ads delivered to you know, upwards of 260 million, you know, um, addresses or households throughout the U.S. Like that's a, a monumental feat 
U.S. Postal Service gets, you know, beaten up in the media left and right. But the reality is it's a, it's a world class organization that's doing something um, extraordinarily you know, difficult. Right. Um, and then the third piece is measurement. So understanding, you know, if, you, if you're investing in in kind of um, all these interesting tactics and, and creative testing and strategies that you're you're um, you know, excited about um, leveraging, it's really important to understand if they work or if they don't work. And the old world of, of traditional media measurement was really hard and very inaccurate. It, you fast forward to, you know, 2021 and, you know, digital, um, you know, we just come to expect that we have complete transparency or pretty close to complete transparency right. on, you know, what tactic strategy message ad, et cetera, is working. And, and we focus a lot on, on, um, bridging the gap between kind of that more broad based, um, measurement and the very, um, you know, one-to-one, um, you know, uh, act pinpoint accurate measurement available in digital. How do you, how do you tie in just from a tactical um, perspective? Like, so if I'm a real estate agent sending out, you know, let's say 5,000 pieces of direct mail, maybe it's a postcard or, you know, a letter or something like that. What are some of the tactical measurement tools I could implement with that campaign to, to know, am I getting success or not? Yeah, well, at its core, it starts with kind of, um, you know, structuring your campaigns and having the tools to structure campaigns so you, you understand and you have a history of what ad or message is being delivered to what consumer or segment of consumers. And then from there, because you know the the physical address of each individual in your in your direct mail campaign and each you know segment within your direct mail campaign, um, as you're capturing conversion data, uh, most brands um, are now capturing um, uh, that that address level data as well. Whether they're shipping a product, whether they're capturing um, data through a lead form, um, and that data can be matched back um, you know, in real time uh, accurately to the the recipient of a piece of mail. So now you, you're able to you know, definitively say, you know, these individuals that converted on my website, at my store, in my lead form, in my, my service-based business, um, received this specific ad within the last two weeks, 45 days, 60 days. And, um, and then uh, that gives you a tremendous amount of insight and accuracy into the, the positive effect you got from that, that um, campaign. And step two then is, is typically repeating um, those, those same strategies and, and then measuring again and seeing if you get the same results. And over yes. time you start getting confident in, in, um, both, um, you know, measurement, but also the predictive value of that, um, measurement. Talk about the idea of, of creating and choosing an audience, um, right. Cause you know, you're talking about the addresses and everything. So how does one, what's, what should one's thought process be when going through and building an audience? And then I know you guys offer a unique thing that I see on your website where you can actually help almost like Facebook create lookalike audiences, mm -hmm. but at the household level versus the phone, you know, Facebook level. That, that's right. So, you know, with, with, with any campaign, um, you know, my, you know, personal approach and, and kind of what we, you know, educate our services team on is you got to start with what the marketing objective is. Um, you know, th there are so many use cases for a channel like direct mail. And, and we think about those use cases at the highest level being bucketed into to one of three areas. So, so there are certain businesses or, or, you know, marketing goals that are tied to, just growth, pure growth. Mm -hmm. We need more customers. We have a great product. We have a great service. 
help our brand get the other word out and find new customers that may or may not be aware of us already. And so, so that that's the prospecting bucket. And, and when you, you, know, you talk about, you know, you brought up lookalikes, um, you know, that's a method that, um, that digital media had really created, which, which enables advertisers to leverage, you know, what they know about or what, you know, data providers, data sets know about their existing customers and then build predictive models looking for other individuals within their, their target geo that look most similar to those individuals. And, um, and that allows them to do things like identify high value customers within their, their, their CRM or their customer set and say, Hey, you know, it's not just that I want more customers, but if I'm going to invest marketing dollars, I want to invest marketing dollars with the highest probability of attracting and acquiring more customers that behave like my best customers. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, there's, you know, there's all sorts of um, CRM or retention tactics. And so if you're a business that has already acquired customers, you know, you work hard to figure out how to service those customers um, so that they stick with your business and they, they become repeat customers. Um, there's all sorts of um, opportunities to leverage direct mail for increasing the lifetime value. So you can do that by trying to increase the average order value of mm. each transaction or by driving frequency within repeat purchasers or try and re-engage lapsed customers. Maybe you did a great job acquiring some customers, they transacted once with you and you're trying to figure out how to, how to get them to think about purchasing or um, you know, um, transacting with you on a more frequent basis. And then there's all the, the opportunities in the middle, which we think about as kind of the programmatic layer of, of marketing. And that's, you know, they're, you know, they're not your customers. You know, they've engaged with your website or, or maybe a mobile app, but they haven't taken a revenue generating action yet. Um, they're not pure prospects because they're aware of you. They have engaged with your website, a microsite, a, a video, and and direct mail can now um, uh, through um, you know programmatic capabilities um, enable you to reach those audience members and try and help um, you know help um, encourage them to take that final step and, and purchase your product or um, you know license a service from you. Relationships are the key to success. Right now, everyone in your database knows three to five people who need what you sell. So how do you get those valuable referrals? By connecting consistently and meaningfully. American Lifestyle Magazine is a high-quality, 48-page publication branded to you and full of amazing content your recipients will love. It helps you stay connected with your clients and sphere, keeping you top of mind for referrals. Want to see how it works? Get your free sample of American Lifestyle Magazine at ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidSample. I love that. I also was looking on you guys' website that you do a lot of tying in because you're obviously you're spending a ton of money on the data side of tying in like people's the website visits. And it's, are you taking it as far as basically like, let's say we have an e-commerce store and you're tracking for the most part what something is happening on that data on the e-commerce store and triggering direct mail based upon that data? That's right. So, so if you think about, and we talk about it in the data science world as, as signal and, um, and, you know, signal can come from, um, 
a, a deep action that someone takes. They, they filled out a lead gen form. They downloaded an, an ebook. Um, they purchased from you, um, uh, made a, you know, a purchase of a, pro- a specific product category or product. Um, they also could just be researching, right, and engaging with content, um, visiting specific um, you know, product detail pages. All that information um, is data that you've already, um, as a brand, kind of, um, you know, uh, paid for, whether it's by driving you know, traffic to your website or whether it's by building a brand story that drove organic traffic to your website. Um, that's liquid gold. And, and there's a ton of insights that you can uncover and you can, you've always been able to leverage, you know, digital platforms over the last you know, 20 years. So you can, you know, you can run retargeting programs, you can um, leverage that first party data um, to build audiences on social platforms, on, on programmatic display. Um, you can also do that um, through direct mail on, 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 on the Posty platform. So we can leverage, help you leverage all that signal, turn those into audiences that can be, um, can be mailed and, and, um, and messaged through direct mail. I love that. So I got to ask you, because we get this question all the time. People say print is dead, right? So people aren't paying attention. What's your answer to, to print being dead? I'll give you, you two, um, two sides of, of um, two different data sets that, that um, suggest that, that that's not true. One is uh, this year, over $40 billion will be spent in direct, the direct mail industry um, just in the U.S., so it's a, a monstrous, monstrous channel. Um, th- you know, that's just, that's factual. You can, you know, you can pull on data um, like at, at U.S. Postal Service's, you know, website. They track and, and are very public about, you know, how much, um, you know, mail is being delivered on the marketing side. Um, the other data point is because we're uh, a programmatic, you know, ads platform, we, we measure performance of every single campaign on the platform. And we're working with thousands of advertisers in a given week, tens of thousands of ad campaigns, uh, you know, tens of to hundreds of millions of pieces of mail coming off our platform. And, and we can absolutely 100%, um, you know, raise our hand and say that, that the, the typical brand is seeing tremendous engagement and performance um, and, and client retention kind of speaks for itself. So when you look at the performance of the channel, consumers are engaging. It is absolutely a channel that has, you know, has, has staying power and, and in 2021 and moving into 2022 is, is proving to drive incredible engagement and response rates and return ad spend. And then if you just look at the, the brand dollars that are flowing into the channel, it, it's still a monstrous channel. I love that. Yeah. I was going to ask if, uh, before we jump to the next question is, do you have any like, um, guidance on, so the return on investment, the time frame that it comes in, um, for your clients, because that's a big pain point that I always try to coach businesses on. It's like, Hey, direct mail is usually not a one and done type advertising campaign. In fact, most advertising campaigns are not one and done, <laughs> but direct mail specifically on top of it all is not, but people just still don't seem to get that. Do you have any guidance on length of time? It's a great question. So, um, like all you know, quantitative media channels and really brand channels too, um, you, you have to make an investment. It's not, you know, we, we talk in terms of, you know, you got to think beyond the campaign. You know, it's not show up, design a really good looking piece of creative, take a flyer on an audience, send it out, and then decide whether direct mail is for you or not. The, the beauty of the channel is a test, it's te- a test and optimization channel, right? So, so you want to show up with ideas, turn those in, those ideas into strategies and tactics, test those tactics, 
understand what's working better than, you know, it, it, you know, uh, what, what tactics are working better than others, and then invest more deeply in those, those tactics that are working. Um, when you run that type of program, whether it's on you know, social, whether it's on search, whether it's on programmatic, retargeting email or direct mail, you, you tend to achieve results. Um, and, and so, you know, our, you know, mission is typically when a, an advertiser that's new to direct mail comes into, you know, onto the posty platform, we're, we're confidently, you know, thinking in terms of three to four months to okay. get to a place where the brand is, is generally comfortable that this is, this, is, this should be a big investment. Um, and I would say, you know, you know, there's no hundred percent, but we're pretty darn good at, at, um, at optimizing that quickly. And is and that one? One mailing per month? Is it one mailing every two weeks? Is it any guidance there? It, it, it depends. Again, it's different if you go the traditional route than if you go with Posty because you know some campaigns are set up as daily trigger campaigns where you, where, where you as a brand are literally making decisions or setting up you know, campaigns that I got what you're saying daily. Yep. Okay. Other campaigns are more big scheduled um, deployments where you're leveraging efficiencies and logistics and costs. And, um, you know, in the bigger scheduled campaigns, we have clients that are on weekly, bi-weekly and monthly cadences. And then with the trigger campaigns, they're almost always daily. Nice. So, um, you know, full, full gamut, depending on the specific, um, you know, marketing objective of that campaign. What's left in terms of innovation for direct mail? Like, where can it go from here? Obviously, you're talking about the data side um, and some of the some of the strategies and the tools there. Um, how far can it innovate? What's the future like? Well, we think about innovating in in all three of those buckets we talked about: targeting, measurement, and then uh, and then logistics um, and operations. So, uh, you know, if you if you, if you take you know, extract that up uh, another level, you know, we think about it in terms really of of how do you leverage data in a compliant and thoughtful way to continuously improve performance. And the smarter that advertisers you know become, and advertisers days are wickedly smart. Um, you know, there's, I think sky's the limit. It's, it's thinking about ways to, to leverage and capture and segment your own first party data. It's how to leverage, you know, third party data, um, to be able to, um, to expand, you know, your reach new universe. And I, th- that'll be, a, you know, an optimization, um, and, and mathematical, you know, challenge that, that I think, you know, we and others will work on in perpetuity. The other is, is speed and efficiency. So the faster that we can help advertisers, um, get from an idea in their head to in the homes of their their customers or prospects with with an actual ad a piece of mail the faster that they can um, affect their business in a dynamic way the faster they can learn gain insights and and then optimize um, those strategies so um, there will always be a limit to how fast you can get something printed and delivered to someone's home but i think the u.s postal service and most big direct mail shops um, quote um, something like 12 to 14 days from the time you yeah. you know enter production and in usually are, are optimizing in 60 day cycles. Um, you know, we have, you know, put in perspective, this is pretty extreme, but we have, we have a, a client right now that's looking to deploy upwards of you know, 35 million pieces of mail. And, and, and we have a plan in place that, that we'll, we'll know for we're moving on to, um, later today, um, to, to be, um, through production in, in the U S mail in eight days. And, um, and we, and, and our, our numbers right now are tracking about I think 6.2, 6.5 days from the time you enter the, the U S post service to being in home. So, 
um, now you're looking at being able to go from an idea in your head to a campaign that's actually d- being delivered in, in a matter of a couple of days um, in trigger campaigns in a matter of a week in a big, um, you know, heavy scheduled campaign that, that, that just, you know, that, that's never been done before. That's awesome. Yep. I love that. What's the coolest uh, direct mail campaign you've seen? Like what's the coolest, most effective one that you've, you've actually seen? <sighs> I mean, to, to me, I love data, but but what always like tickles my fancy because I really am a quantitative mind. I'm not the the, the, the creative mind. I always let, you know, lays in, in the creative. You know, we had a, a pet um, client that um, that that uh, uh, designed a, an or a, a postcard that was tur- that could be turned into an origami pooper scooper. Like, <laughs> I, I love those campaigns. Like 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 that's fantastic that's the direct mail version of dollar shape of entertaining you. Yeah. With, Cause it makes an know, impact. Yeah. Viral. yeah people awesome. remember it makes an impact. I love it. Hey, well, we got to ask you, we ask all successful people that come on the show and I mean, obviously you've done so much, which is amazing and congrats on your success on your new uh, company. But what routines have you implemented in your life that you look back and you go, these routines have really helped me. Like I look at these routines and go, these have been successful. Oh, that, that's, that's, that's a no brainer. Um, the number one routine is whenever I start uh, a company, it's, um, you know, hire and surround myself with as many people way smarter than me as possible. Mm. Um, I, you know, I remember reading that, um, in, you know, a couple notable VCs blogs 15 years ago, and I didn't understand it. Mm. And I remember being, you know, uh, I think probably an, an insecure, um, punching way above my weight, you know, first time, second time entrepreneur and deliberately hiring people that I felt like I could manage and that, mm. that they, they wouldn't find out that I'm a, I'm a fraud. Um, um, because they, they were so much smarter than me. I, I right now I, I look at, at, at um, you know, at Posty in particular, our executive team is world-class, way smarter than me, way more capable, capable than me at, at, at each of their jobs. And, and that trickles down to, to each team member, no matter how entry level or how senior they are. It's, makes the world of difference. Um, and, and that, and, and similarly, I think playing into that, um, that same kind of set of routines, which is ask lots of questions, like don't be afraid of being, um, Love perceived that. as naive or not, you know, smart or not knowing, um, you, you don't have to know everything, whether you're CEO or CMO or CFO, you, you have to have the expertise in your domain and you have to constantly be willing to learn. So I think that, you know, that, that might be a bit macro, but I, I really do, um, that that's a formula that I've, that I've tried to follow over the last decade. And it's, it certainly has, has served me well. Yeah, no, I love that advice yeah. and that uh, it's funny because until you've done it, until you've actually hired the person who's smarter than you and realize what they bring, yep. you don't get it. <laughs> and then you go, ah, I should have done this sooner. For, for sure. I, I um, said something that, that wasn't really planned in, in front of our, our um, services team maybe two or three weeks ago. And again, one of the people way smarter than me are, are, are head of customer success, um, like, like latched onto it and, and it made me take a moment of pause. And that statement was, um, you know, when we first started Posty, I was involved in every sales cycle. I was involved in servicing every account. I was involved in every product discussion and every data science discussion. And, um, and that's not the case anymore. Very rarely am I involved in a sales cycle. Very rarely yeah. am I involved in the day-to-day servicing of a client, um, if ever. And, and I feel more in control of, of the business than, than ever before but I have the least amount of control over it. Yep. And yep. right. And, and I, I, I'm like, 
that is a fact that it's is so real. true and um and and that's that's what you get when when you hire people smarter than you and you empower them to to build organizations and train and develop and um and do their thing and uh, it, it's an absolutely powerful lesson that i think you know every entrepreneur that's had some level of success goes through and does have that like that aha <laughs> moment i get it now it just makes sense like this is the way you achieve Love that. Thanks so much for coming on, Dave. Yep. Before we close out, let people know how they can learn about Posty, how they can connect with you. Certainly. So, so Posty.com um, has a wealth of information. Um, if you check it out now, there's a ton of information on the site and we can get you started. If you check it out, the site out in about two or three weeks, we're going to have um, a brand new site that um, we've been working on or marketing team's been working on that's even um, more in-depth information. Um, you can certainly visit um, you know, our, our LinkedIn page, um, and, and, and you're welcome to, to reach out, um, directly, um, to me either through LinkedIn, um, or, um, or, or through email, you know, Dave at posty.com. Yeah, that's awesome. And just so everyone knows when this episode does come out, that new site that Dave's talking about will have already been out. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks again so much for coming on. Thank you all for listening to dive deeper in this episode. Get those links that we mentioned, check out more about Posty. You can go to staypaidpodcast.com. There you'll get all of the show notes as well as the video for all of our episodes. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to show your support, first way that we ask is to head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review along with a comment. And the best way to support the show is to tell a friend and share this episode. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at ReminderMedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acree. What a great episode. I want to challenge all of you. You know, we end every episode with an action item of what you should do in your business to move your business forward. Look, direct mail's not dead. You heard it here. It's $40 billion industry. But here's my action item for you, right? A lot of people think of direct mail in the terms of a mass mailer. Right, That's how I traditionally think about it. But the idea of a trigger event causing a piece of direct mail to go out, I think is an opportunity that's not tapped in your business right now, specifically because I know most of our audience is small business owners. If you're a real estate agent right now, when a transaction happens, right, when that closing happens, what piece can you send based upon that trigger event? I guarantee you there's a gold mine in your database just focusing on that one thing where you trigger something going out, a piece of direct mail, a thank you letter, something like that based upon the transaction that took place in your business. Remember this, difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single industry is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 